0: I am hosting a retreat in Tulum, Mexico, in paradise this October, called Bloom in Tulum. It's a five-day, all-inclusive, personal and professional growth retreat for ambitious, big-hearted women who are ready to step into their power with grace, support, and confidence. So my two biz besties and I dreamed up this magical retreat over sushi a few months back, and after lots of planning, it's actually happening. We have mapped out a thoughtful itinerary with lots of downtime to make the most of this beautiful paradise beachside location and also set you up for a powerful and memorable experience of growth. There's only 20 spots available and all three of us are promoting it to our full community. So that's like over 50,000 people. So I imagine the spots will fill very quickly. If you are interested in joining us, in Bloom in Tulum. Go to bloomintulum.com for all the details and to complete your application. Also know that early bird pricing ends on June 30th. So it's a really good time to secure your spot and save some money. I mean, honestly, like how fun would it be to hang out in person at a gorgeous, luxurious, all-inclusive in October? So head to Bloom in Tulum. That's B-L-O-O-M in Tulum. T-U-L-U-M. Bloom dot com for all the details and complete your application.
1: This is a communication, just like with the angry example. This child is out of sorts, out of control. They're not regulating their emotions, but something is behind it. There's a meaning behind it. They're communicating something, but they don't know how.
0: You're listening to The Mindful Mama Podcast, episode 150. Today we are talking about how to manage kids' anger with Lori Holman. Welcome to The Mindful Mama Podcast. Here it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Field's Mindful Mama Mentor. I help smart, thoughtful moms stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting course, and I'm the author of the upcoming new book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back, dear listener. Oh, my God. It's we're in it. We're into 2019. This is crazy pants. Wow. I mean, I can just it just seems weird sometimes every time I think about the years. But I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad for you're here for this episode. This is going to be a really powerful episode, really helpful and informative episode. I'm talking to Lori Holman. She's a psychoanalyst with specialized clinical training in infant parent child adolescent psychotherapy and she's particularly adept at helping parents and children relate well together in our complex environment. She's the author of The Busy Parent's Guide to Managing Anger and The Busy Parent's Guide to Managing Anxiety. So I'm excited for you to hear join me in this conversation you know, when our kids angry is one of the most challenging and distressing time for us as parents. And we start to think like, you know, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with the child, all this stuff. So Lori is going to be very reassuring for you. And she'll share five steps for managing anger. And I think you're what you're going to realize is that you know more than you think you know. And that Our job is to really accept and to tolerate our kids' feelings so they can tolerate it too. There's so much here. I know that you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Before we dive in, I want to let you know that the spots are going fast now for the Raising Good Humans VIP retreat in Costa Rica. I'm so excited about this retreat. This is kind of a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing that I'm doing for the book and because it's amazing and i and i just want to have this experience. So this is a great opportunity for you to get a full week of in-person coaching with me in paradise with other mamas. I mean you just have to go check out the site for this place. It looks so amazing. So i'm really excited to to take you through some of the exercises and the relaxation and the understanding and learning that we're going to do in Absolutely optimal conditions. So if you'd like to grab one of those last spots, please do check it out before they go at mindfulmamamentor.com slash Costa Rica. That's mindfulmama, M-A-M-A, M-A-M-A mindfulmamamentor.com slash Costa Rica. And now join me at the table as I talk to Lori Holman. Lori Holman, thank you so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast.
1: Welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I'm excited to have you because we are going to be talking about a topic that I find really fascinating, which is anger, anger in children and teens. But this is something that most people have so much trouble even talking about. Like we just want to Like when when our kids are angry, when we're angry, we just want to kind of push it away, right? Is that kind of what you see in your your
1: patient? I think if you don't know what to do, anger escalates very quickly. Because if a mother sees a child angry, for example, they react angrily in response. They don't know that I have what I call five steps of parental intelligence. And the first is stepping back where you step back, collect yourself, pause, don't do anything. And that's very counterintuitive to most people.
0: Yeah, we want it, we're we in that fight, flight, or freeze, right? It's like our stress response is triggered. Yeah. So we're kind of, when we're not doing it well, take us through the steps of what's happening when we get angry and, t- and what's happening when our kids get angry.
1: Okay, would you like me to give you an example of a, an illustration? Yeah, sure. Okay. In my book, I talk about a 10-year-old girl named Lydia, and Mm -hmm. she comes home from school, and she's clearly angry and anxious, and she sits at the kitchen table. She's drumming her fingers on it. She's staring at her homework. Her papers are scattered everywhere, and she's clearly upset about something. The first step is stepping back, which is what her mother does. She pauses, which is very Contrary to what one would expect a mother to do with an angry child. And she takes time to see if Lydia can gain control of herself. She thinks about all the time. She sees Lydia angry and anxious. She doesn't rush to solutions. She remains calm and non-judgmental. Lori,
0: can I interrupt you for a second? Because Of course. What I'm really asking is, I want to understand anger a little bit more, and I want my listener to okay. understand anger a little bit more. You know, like, what is normally happening when we're not responding skillfully? What What is happening when anger arises? Why is anger arising if if we see our kids angry?
1: Well, the meaning behind the anger is what's going to be important, but it takes a little time to get to it. But knowing that there's meaning behind anger in itself is useful because you're not. I think what happens is maybe what you're getting at is the person who's experiencing their angry person feels like they're being attacked hmm. when they're not. It's just that the child comes home angry, but it doesn't mean they're angry at the mother. They're just angry at something, but the mother doesn't know what it is, so she kind of feels assaulted hmm. and defensive and starts to yell back what's the matter you know that kind of thing rather than slowing things down and calming things down which is the right way to do it
0: so what's happening is like the mom's nervous system is kind of seeing this as a threat yeah and saying and there's fight flight or freeze so that happens and, and this is like when we when we're talking about like how we we kind of mirror each other's behavior right like
1: yes exactly Yes. Yes. There's something called a mirror neuron, actually, where mm-hmm. you very much react to what you're seeing,
0: and you mimic that. So, like, yes. the child may be full of frustration, and and it's really it's really very hard to like do the opposite because we are. Yes,
1: we're we're uh, we're kind of wired for that, right? Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say we're programmed to react the way we see someone else reacting, as if we're looking in a mirror.
0: Hmm. You have the steps to dealing with anger, and I want to get to those steps of dealing with anger, but I also want, I want to know what made you choose to look at anger in particular? What was happening in your life that made you pursue the work that you've done in working with kids and working with families to help them understand anger?
1: Well, I found that anger escalates anger that when parents come to me, they'll say something like, my child's really bad, she's angry all the time, she's rebellious, she has temper tantrums. And I try to reframe right at the beginning that your child isn't a bad child and you're not bad parents, your child's distressed. And your job is to find out the meaning behind the distress, Hmm. but that's a learning curve.
0: What made you interested in this?
1: Because I saw it so often.
0: No, I've, no, no. Before you even, before you even like started working with clients, like take us back in your life a little bit. What made you interested in pursuing this work?
1: In pursuing psychotherapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And specifically, like with kids and families.
1: Actually, I was a school teacher first, mm-hmm. and I realized that my interest was more to the psychology of the kids rather than just teaching them math and arithmetic and you know different subjects Mm -hmm. that actually when i was a teacher was before i had children and i was an educational researcher and i had my master's in elementary education at the time and i was asked by the superintendent of the school to go into a very conservative school and be a teacher there because he knew I had different kinds of skills that I had learned in my research experience Mm -hmm. and so whereas most classrooms were very kind of rote learning I set up activities this is in the 70s I set Mm -hmm. up activity centers and I actually taught a second third grade class which I understand they're doing now
0: yeah, Montessori style. My my daughter's in a 2-3 class in a Montessori
1: oh. style. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that didn't exist back then. And <laughs> I suggested it because I wanted the kids to be able to teach each other and always have a way to feel their self-esteem was high because they had something to offer another child.
0: Oh my gosh, Lori, you didn't, you didn't know it, but that was very Montessori. Murray's those, those schools have been around for like a hundred years and it, but it's an incredibly effective way of teaching. Like they get the, they get the experience of leadership and teaching another kid, the older one and the younger one gets to learn from others. And it's like cooperative rather than competitive. So many advantages.
1: Yeah. And there's always something that a child can feel good that they can do, Mm. that they can do well. And that's, it can be art, it can be arithmetic, it can be anything that they're good at, that they can teach another child, and that raises their Mm self-esteem. And I found that this is what really interested me, the psychology of it all. And so then I stopped teaching eventually, I had my own children, and when I decided to go back to school, I decided that I wanted to be a psychoanalyst. And work with. First, I started working with adults, actually, and then that's the progression when you're trained as an analyst. And then I, my PhD was a specialization in children and adolescents, so I started working with children. And I started seeing and hearing all the time that parents were coming in with angry kids, and they were angry parents. And I knew that there needed to be a way to address this. In a calm way where, you know, like even you said, let's take a deep breath at the beginning. (laughs) We had (laughs) Um, some technical issues. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good example of calming down to then be constructive. Yeah. And so I realized how important it was. And then after many years of experience, I realized that without, without knowing it on purpose, I had created five steps that actually taught parents how to react to their kids in a way that ended up with problem solving and strengthening the parent-child relationship.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I bet you've had some families that have really been very grateful for this work.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) That must feel amazing. We are supported by Melon Headwear. These hats are perfect for Father's Day. They are built to be in and around water. They last five times longer than any other hat. They're naturally antimicrobial properties. It doesn't, sweat doesn't break down the hat. No sweat stains, no smell ever. It's built for the water. We tested it tubing on the Brandywine River and it was fabulous. It even floats when it drops in the water. It doesn't lose shape. It is Amazing, an incredible, comfortable fit. Use code MINDFUL at checkout for 30% off your order. If you're trying to figure out a Father's Day gift, honestly, trust me, this is exactly what they want. Go to Mellon.com, that's M-E-L-I-N.com and use the code MINDFUL at checkout for 30% off. Melon rarely offers discounts, so don't miss this opportunity. It is, I swear, the perfect Father's Day gift. Premium headwear, melon.com, use the code MINDFUL for 30% off. We are sponsored by MIDI Health. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, vaginal dryness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. All of these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around perimenopause and menopause, and the experts at MIDI Health understand what you're experiencing and how to help. Midi Clinicians are menopause experts dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions. MidiCare is covered by insurance, and with Midi Health, you can stop pushing through it all alone. Schedule a virtual visit to discuss your symptoms and health background in depth. You'll come out of the experience feeling heard and with a plan to start feeling better. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Joinmidi.com. Breathe. I'm interrupting the podcast to invite you to imagine listening to the ocean and feeling the warm breeze on your face. Imagine seeing little monkeys and smelling the fragrance of a tropical orchid while looking out at a vista of islands and endless ocean. This will be your reality when you join me for the Mindful Mama Costa Rica retreat next April. We'll be staying in a luxurious private estate, which has a view to the beach over the rainforest canopy from every room as well as from the yoga porch and the infinity pool. Join me and other mindful mamas with each day designed to have a perfect balance of time for yoga, mindfulness, discussion, and free and open time so you can either make it adventurous, go hiking, learn to surf, kayak through the mangroves, go zip lining or more, or make it relaxing instead of adventures, relax, or wander down to the beach. We'll start each day with meditation and all levels yoga on the yoga porch. Every afternoon, we'll come together for guided relaxation and coaching and discussion with me. Locally sourced foods will be served at breakfast and dinner by our talented in-house chef. If you want to get away from everything and take the break that I know you deserve, join me. We have limited spots available, so now is the time to reserve at MindfulMamaMentor.com slash Costa Rica or email me at Hunter at MindfulMamaMentor.com. That's MindfulMamaMentor.com slash Costa Rica or email me at Hunter at MindfulMamaMentor.com. I can't wait for you to join me there. Breathe. And so we're thinking about anger, and the parents are coming in, they're saying, my child's bad, she's angry all the time, she's having tantrums, and you say to them, your child's not bad, there's not not something wrong with her, she's distressed, but generally, that's what parents still, I think, very much think, like, there's something wrong with my child, or there's something wrong with me, if we're angry.
1: The latter is extremely important. There's something wrong with me. So it's very important to let them know that anger is a normal, healthy emotion and that I'm going to teach them about that and that there's nothing wrong with them. They just need some more knowledge. And actually, my first book is called Unlocking Parental Intelligence. And that's what I tell them that I tell them, you know more than you think, you know, Mm -hmm. start telling me about your child. And then I show them by the end of the session how much they know about the child. So they, their confidence builds a little bit. And I say, now we're going to take together, we're going to work together to use what you know about your child. And I'll get to know your child. And then we'll understand what the meaning behind the anger is. And then we can address it.
0: So you're you're basically saying like, like often when we when we look at anger, we think that it's just like probably because of our own conditioning and our own upbringing, our own patterns, we think there's something wrong with anger. Like it yeah. just feels so wrong. I know that's how it was for me anyway. I felt like the, my daughter's anger was so wrong because it was completely unacceptable to my father, especially uh-huh. when I was angry. And so we feel this feeling of like there's there's something wrong with anger. And what you're saying and in, instead is like let's look at what is your child kind of need? What's going on? What's what's going on underneath that anger, right?
1: Yes, yes. And also the anger is a healthy emotion. Yeah. That's very important. It's just one of the many emotions. And I like parents when their children are young to teach them a lot of feeling language, happy, sad, mad, glad. And then as they get older, the more nuances of anger, such as irritated, frustrated, disappointed, annoyed, hurt, livid, heated, Enraged and so forth, the more vocabulary they have for expressing their feelings, the more they'll be in control of them. The anger outburst is when you don't feel in control, but if you have a vocabulary to express the anger, then you can feel like you're asserting yourself and saying what you want to get across. And if the parent is non judgmental and non blaming, they are willing to listen. It changes the whole attitude, the whole picture.
0: Hmm. Yeah. This is fascinating, Lori, because this is like what I teach to parents in the, in the Mindful Parenting course is talking about us just labeling and acknowledging our feelings before it gets to anger, right? Because that it just provides a lot of relief. Even if it's me saying I feel really irritated, it's not me being like, I'm calm, I'm calm, I'm calm. I'm blowing up. You
1: know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. In fact, what you've just said is the second step I said stepping back is the first where you hold back and you pause and you, you um, take your time and see if your child can collect themselves a little bit. And usually if the parent is calm, the child is, sees that and they calm down a little themselves. But what you went to was self-reflecting, which is the second step, where you ask yourself internally, what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? If I'm feeling angry because I have, like in my example, the the mother has to go do something that she's anxious about. She has to collect her feelings because angry child, angry mother is not a good match. Anxious mother, anxious child is not a good match. So she has to collect her feelings and understand what they are. And this all happens really in a matter of seconds and minutes. It's all internal. Mm -hmm. But the child sees you not reacting. And that in itself helps them calm down.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my behavior, even though I'm angry, I'm not going to push mom off her ground. She's she's grounded. She's solid. She's accepting of what's happening for me, even though I feel a little out of control.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's very important for parents to learn to accept their children's anger and not be afraid of it Mm. because if the child senses the parent is thrown off balance and the parent is afraid it only escalates the child's emotions so our job as parents is to be what I call a container in other words you're holding the emotion in place and you're accepting it and tolerating it so the child can tolerate it too then that leads into language instead of yelling and screaming and tantrums and so forth.
0: Mm -hmm. This is so beautiful. Our job is to be a container, accepting and tolerating it so that our child can tolerate it too. Exactly. Um, Wow. Because that's really what you're talking about is modeling, is mentorship, is not there's shame and blame and you should be another way, right? It's it's yes, saying, there's, no,
1: there's no shoulds at all. There's no blame. There's no judgment because you don't even know what you're, what's going on. I mean, your child comes home angry. You have no, how can you deal with something you don't understand yet?
0: All right. So step one, stepping back and pausing. We've already done whole podcasts on that. So we know how challenging that can be, but sometimes it can be simple. We just can practice that restraint and just breathe step 2 self-reflecting what's going on for me these two steps are take a lot of self-awareness and self-control right right they take
1: a lot of practice you did it automatically though you you thought back to how your parents reacted to your anger Mm -hmm. and so if you confuse their reactions with your child's reaction you might react inappropriately you're not dealing with your parent. You're dealing with your child.
0: Yeah, yeah. So be, be in this present moment. Notice what's happening for us. Okay, so take us through then. What is step three?
1: Step three is the, really the crux of the matter. It's understanding your child's mind. This is where you're asking yourself, and now you're going to ask your child, why? You know, you don't have to say the word why, but you're saying, what's the matter? You seem upset. How can I help you? Depending on how receptive the child might be to touching, you might put your arm around her or you might not if she's standing kind of held back. Did something go wrong today? Let me hear about it. I'm, you know, I'm here to listen. Mm. And then the child usually starts to explain something that went wrong in their mind, in their perception. And you start to get a grip on what's actually on their mind. In this example with Lydia, she doesn't make the first cut in a lacrosse team competition, Mm -hmm. and she draws all kinds of conclusions from that in her mind. She decides that she's not going to be in the popular group now. She's not going to get on the travel team. She's not going to get a scholarship to college. Like her mind really zooms way out. And as she tells her mother this, Just in the telling, she's calming down, and her mother's starting to understand the meaning behind this angry behavior, and that's the crux of the matter. You're getting to know your child, and you, first of all, you realize it has nothing to do with yourself, and you're there as the listener, the container, the guider, again, non-judgmentally hearing out what's your child's struggle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is mindful listening. Like I hear you, I see yeah. you and and that just provides so much relief. It can provide amazing relief for it. Just bring that emotional temperature down, just helping, helping the child enormously. So that's step number three, understanding yeah. your child's
1: mind. What's step number four? Understanding your child's development. Now, in this example, oh. the little girl, she's 10. And she already is saying, I'm not going to get a scholarship into college. And the mother says to herself, my child's development is really off key. She's a worry ward. She's 10 years old and she's worrying about when she's 17. And that, but that's the pressure on kids these days. And she says to her, how about we think about that conclusion? Because I think it's erroneous. You really have a very good school record you're doing very well in your grades, there are other activities that you can join, and college is 10 years away, or not 10 years, seven years away. So how about if we slow down and think about what we can do about this instance and not worry about college just yet. So the daughter is given a reasonable perspective which she didn't have, and that calms her down tremendously.
0: So in step number three, we're trying to understand our child's mind. It kind of sounds like in step number four, understanding your child's development, we're trying to, in some ways, maybe help help the child understand themselves and yeah. kind of see where, where they are themselves in some way, depending on how old they are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Depending on how old they are. And we're not looking at chronological age. I said she's 10 years old to just give be informative, mm-hmm. but- we're looking at developmental age because you might have two 10-year-olds, one who's very empathic and one who's not, one who's flexible, one who's not. So you have to know your own child pretty well.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That whole piece of it. So then we're stepping back. We're, under, we're self-reflecting. We're understanding our child's mind. And then we're understanding our child's development. What's number five?
1: Number five is the conclusion. We get to problem solving. Uh The little girl is now calmer, and she says, well, I guess I could try out again next term. And the mother says, that sounds like a great idea. Um, But if you don't get into lacrosse, there are other things that you can do that you enjoy. And she points out that not only is college far away, but there are all kinds of opportunities for things she can do at her age now. And, you know, this this girl is angry, but she's also very anxious. And she says to her mother, you know, I don't feel dizzy anymore. My chest stopped pounding. I thought I'd never feel better. I thought I was going crazy. And so the mother starts realizing that she was actually on her way to having a full-blown panic attack in addition to the anger. So all that subsided. And they actually start problem solving very naturally now. They decide she's going to try out next term. Her mother is going out quickly. She's a busy mother, so she decides to postpone a talk about social anxiety, which the little girl has because she's afraid she's not going to be popular. And in in a very short amount of time, this can take like 15 minutes, if you have the steps internalized very well by doing them over and over again, you avert a very anxious, angry crisis.
0: It could have been like two fists coming together. You're angry, so I'm angry, and there's a lot of bickering, and and there are things that kind of disrupt and dis, you know, are damaging to the relationship, but really by pausing, by listening, and by really connecting and trying to see what's really happening underneath the surface is really something that can bring them a lot closer.
1: Yes, and below the surface is the key. You want to, and you can't, Solve a problem if you don't know what the problem is. And just an outburst of anger doesn't tell us anything about what the problem is, what the underlying problem is.
0: Yeah, the anger is a symptom, right?
1: So Yes, that's a very good way to put it.
0: Yeah. So what about... For the parent of younger children, kids who are two and three and four are having like a ton of tantrums all the time. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, I, I imagine some of the same, same steps apply, but we're obviously going to be, talk us through this a little bit. What do you say when a parent comes and has a child who's having a ton of tantrums? What, you know,
1: what do you say to that person? Well, first I explain to them that a tantrum occurs when a child's whole system of managing her feelings and thoughts collapses. It's like a a mini breakdown, metaphorically. You know, a tantrum, but is also a communication. And that's what you want to transmit to the parent. This is a communication, just like with the angry example. This child is out of sorts, out of control. They're not regulating their emotions, but something is behind it. There's a meaning behind it. They're communicating something, but they don't know how. So it's our job to take the same five steps and try to understand what's the meaning behind the tantrum.
0: So, I'm sorry, Lori, but we're, I was going to say, we're not going to be doing it while they're on the floor kicking and screaming.
1: No, no. First, <laughs> we obviously want to make sure they're safe. And that's the first thing a parent does. And they're usually so startled, they rush and pick up their child and hold them and check for bruises. And, but the, the important thing is for the parent not to become more frantic because if they do, the child will. The suddenness and the apparent lack of reason for the tantrums are always a shock to a parent who hasn't been through this before or has been through it many times but hasn't know how, known how to handle it. It's hard to find the trigger and often it's a minor one such as leaving a fun place, making a transition to a new activity, a prohibition, a temporary frustration. But again, it doesn't mean the parent is bad, it doesn't mean the child is bad, no one is bad. And that's so important to realize that you're not judging it. Up until the age of three, tantrums are pretty normal. It's after age three that the child should be able to regulate their emotions, and their impulses better, and you then are looking for more professional intervention. But up until the age of three, this is where a child is impulsive. They don't have feeling language. That's why you want to give it to them so they can start explaining. You know, a two-year-old can talk. They can say, I'm mad, I'm upset, I'm scared, I'm worried, if they have that vocabulary, which is very important to give to them. And the ultimate goal for the parent is to help the child learn what the tantrum means, as well as helping her find her own limits. It's an expression in external action of inner feelings over which the child is seeking control. So the best thing you can do as a parent is learn to understand the reason for the tantrums and the propensity for them at different ages.
0: So, so the child's out of control because their brain isn't developed. So many things about them that haven't developed and they just lose it, but they're trying to communicate something. They're trying to maybe, so you're yeah. trying, you're saying like, let's look at, what are their underlying needs? You know, maybe we're looking at, you know, do we need to get a snack at some, an earlier point of the day, or are you getting enough sleep and all of those kind of things as well, but also maybe some more, can it be about, about more just autonomy in general? I know, I know, I know from the thinking about the point of view of like a two-year-old, you're just every part of your day is controlled by somebody else. You know, you're told what yes. to wear and what to do, yes. when to go there and when to do this. And, and it's just must be exhausting. You're kind of,
1: you know, yes. often
0: there's orders barked to two-year-olds all the
1: time. Yes, exactly. And it's very important for a parent to comprehend the child's mind is actually different than yours. So their thinking behavior, their thinking is different than yours. You might be telling them to go do Let's say they're playing with something and they're very involved with it and you want them to come to dinner and they have a whole tantrum. No, they're not going to come. It looks like they're being, quote unquote, bad, but maybe they're just exerting their independence. And this is a positive thing that your child is two years old and they're learning not only the meaning of the word no, but how to say no. And that's a big developmental stride because they're able to express, we hope, in language rather than tantrums, that they want to make their own decisions. This is a big, this is growth. This isn't something to be upset about. It's actually something good. So if you understand that from a toddler age to a two year old, they're learning to feel a little bit more autonomy. After all, they were crawling before. Now they're walking they're running. They're feeling the world is larger and they want to be a part of it. And this is growth. This is positive. And it shocks parents to realize that out of this tantrum, there's something really positive going on.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love the way you're framing it. It's like, just say, you know, and our job as parents can be to kind of excited for them and sort of their new stage in some way, but still we do want them to come to dinner. So
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so we empathize. Oh, yes. you don't want to stop playing with that? It's so much fun. Tell me what you've been doing. You have a little two-minute conversation, and the child feels heard and listened to and appreciated, and then they get up and they go to dinner. You know, it's just like it can be really easy, but yes. if you react in kind like we were talking about, like a mirror, then it escalates. Then the child has to prove their ground, prove their independence. If They become stronger in what they're trying to communicate, whereas it could have been done talk.
0: Yeah, and it, it might actually be a lot faster to just kind of talk things out than to sit through a whole big temper tantrum.
1: Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Is-
0: we're always worried about it taking a long time to to stop and crouch down and and talk to our kids.
1: yeah uh, when actually the talking is faster yeah. than the escalating anger
0: ultimately well, this is amazing, Lori. this is really valuable teaching you have and and your book is really wonderful. it's a it's a, it's a quick read. It's like less than a hundred pages. And it's a great reminder. So I I encourage listener for you to go out and get the Busy Parents Guide to Managing Anger. It's really, really helpful. Lori, if people want to know more about you and about your work and about parental intelligence, where can they find out more about you?
1: Um, They can easily go on my website, which is very simple. It's just Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E, Holman, H-O-L-L-M-A-N, phd.com. And you can read my bio. You can read all kinds of articles I've written on the topic. It will help you get the books if you're interested in doing that. It's a very kind of thick website. <laughs> There's a lot on it. And like if we have a link to this discussion yep. today, they'll be able to go on that link and listen to this again and think about it again and again as often as they want to. I'll put it up on my website
0: awesome and and we'll put all that information in at mindfulmamapodcast.com lori i'm so glad we're able to overcome our technical difficulties to connect yeah. finally today <laughs> because you have so many wonderful things to offer and i want to thank you for for taking the time and and for you know the you know you obviously really care about kids and, and families. And, and I know that this work is really, really will make an impact. So so thank you for, for doing what you're doing.
1: Oh, you're more than welcome. I'm glad to actually share it because I have two sons and I am, they're adults now, and I've really enjoyed them growing up. And I want parents to enjoy their children, not just feel like they're in a kind of struggle with them, but get to know them, have conversations with them, know who they are. It's wonderful.
0: It's probably one of the most satisfying things to have that close, connected relationship.
1: Absolutely.
0: And it's rarer than it should be, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, Yeah. but it's not that impossible. (laughs) Yeah, we can do it. You can do it.
0: We can do it. We can do it, listener. Awesome, awesome. So thank you so much, Lori, for coming. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. isn't Lori pretty amazing? She's she's really got a breadth of knowledge from her lifetime of helping parents and kids. So, I love that idea, you know, that we we know more that we than we think we know. And, you know, just kind of this understanding of ourselves when we experience anger, we feel attacked. It makes sense. We just that understanding helps us so much, right? So, It's amazing. It all goes back to mindfulness, right? How to help ourselves be grounded. Our job is to accept and tolerate our kids' feelings so they can tolerate it too. Ah, of course. It's amazing. So cool. I really appreciate Lori taking the time to come and join us. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. The way we support the podcast, including my team of people that help me put this out every day... Uh, every week anyway, sorry, is that, you know, this podcast is not supported through advertising, but it's supported through my programs like Mindful Parenting, or if you're one of the lucky, amazing people to join me in the in-person retreat in Costa Rica, or and there's an in-person retreat coming up in At Copper Beach. Anyway, that's how this podcast is supported. But if that's not in the cards for you, you can also support the podcast. You can support the podcast by sharing it on social media with your friends. You can support the podcast by giving reviews. All of those things help it make it possible for us to do the work and take the time and the energy and the resources it takes to put this podcast out for you every week. So, please do take some time to to share, to to shout it out, to review it. That makes a huge, huge difference in helping us be able to, to make this for you and to grow the amazing mindful mama tribe. So please do subscribe and leave a rating for the podcast. And if you're interested in that retreat, check it out soon. Spots are going. MindfulMamaMentor.com mentor.com slash Costa Rica. Woohoo! So I wish you a beautiful, beautiful week, my friend. I hope you don't have to put into effect Lori's tools, but chances are you will. And if you want to talk about it, you want to connect with others, you know, connect with us in our private Facebook group. You can learn more about that at mindfulmamamentor.com and join. And yeah, I'm wishing you all the peace and all the, you know, just living from the heart more joy, more laughter, more music, all that stuff. Wishing you all of that this week, my friend. Namaste. Thank you to DJ Taz Rashid for this wonderful song, Inspiration Drive. Go ahead and download his album, Live in Love, on Apple Music or on Spotify or wherever you listen to music.